do you want to do one of your topics? Uh, uh no, not neither mine. <laughs> Great, I really look forward to those. They sound super interesting. <laughs> I we have a we have an enticing episode ahead of us. Well, we don't uh, we don't really have any follow up. I guess theme updates. Do you want to do a theme update? Um, no, not really. <laughs> I just don't have much to add, really. Uh, I suppose I'm kind of starting to get into a mindset where I've been thinking about, do I want to go back to a gym? Uh, but I haven't made my mind up. And I also yeah. haven't carefully thought about it enough. It's just I've seen, like, advertisements, and I've thought, hmm, maybe... So you're still doing everything at home? Yeah. Okay. That hasn't gotten boring? It is, but... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You just suffer through it, I guess. Uh, yeah, but I, I um, got an advertisement... Or saw an advertisement that our it was Planet Fitness. They were doing a special or something, and that when that caught my attention, I thought, "Hmm, I wonder what gyms are around me, and is it time to look back yeah. into that? Like, are we at that point in the the COVID um, cycle, if you will? I know that some people have gone back. I haven't yet, so I don't know. But now it's like you know, it's kind of before COVID. I would have been like. Ah, just join the gym. Like, I wouldn't even really have thought about it. But now I'm, like, yeah. a little more hesitant. I'm, like, yeah, I'm not so sure I want to do that. I'm not sure that I want to walk into something. Yeah. Hopefully it drives down prices, too. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully it keeps other people away from the gym, which is really the goal. What you really <laughs> you really want is a lot of open squat racks. That's the only important metric. That is true. That is true. Uh, but what about you? Theme update for you? I think, uh, you know, I, last time, I think we talked about it last time, maybe the episode before, I said... It's just going well, but I'm putting in no particular effort. Now I'm like less sure it's going well, but I continue putting in no effort. So it's not been it's not been so good on the theme front. I need to spend some more time on that probably for the last few months of the year, uh, which is okay. I might roll that into next year. Uh, some of my good themes, like the year of health and fitness ended up being a year and a half. And the first half year, I was not, it was sort of this of me like twiddling my thumbs and hoping things would happen. So maybe next year will be a more focused year of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which might fit well yeah and speaking of the gym stuff it's funny because um i'm having appendix surgery in a week and a half so i'm gonna you know i get to use my gym for the next week and a half and after that i can't lift even 15 pounds for a month so i'm kind of imagining getting very into running at that point and gyms are not on my mind very much but hopefully that'll be like a good break because honestly like you and I used to lift together for a while, but that that was pretty representative of my relationship with weightlifting, where it was always a couple months on, sometimes show up, blah, 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 you know, yeah, <laughs> not really yeah. like religious about it. And this is the longest year where I've continuously done it because pretty much continuously since January I've been doing it, which is really unlike me. Um, so I'm I'm pretty tired of it and maybe a full month or more off will be very helpful. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I'm, I've always been that way with weights as well. So, you know, props to you for sticking out for nearly the whole year. Yeah, and you have such a you have such and you have an excuse. You say, you know, I had to get this this surgery. That's done. true. That part is really good. It's built in. I'll feel a little guilty, but I just can't do anything about it. So that'll right. be good. Yeah, yeah. I look forward to that. Hopefully, a fresh start. But also, yeah, I think I might. I did. Uh, well, this isn't one of our topics, but I did a five k recently, and uh, I haven't told you about this, have I? No. Okay, yeah. so uh, it, kind of a funny story. So I did cross-country in high school, so I'm like familiar with how a 5K works. It's not complicated. <laughs> um, 3.1-ish miles. And 
I recently was like, okay, I've been running quite a bit in the summer, especially doing sports and stuff. So I, I feel like I'm in pretty decent shape and I'd like to do a short race just to like see how I am and then maybe do something longer. So I signed up for a 5k. And the way I did that was I just looked around the internet for like 5k's in Chicago. I found one certain weekend. So I signed up for it and, uh, train a little, but like not specifically for that, just like general running and hoping I'd be ready. Um, and I showed up that day and there's only maybe a hundred people at it or something, 200. I, I think I asked and they said something in the realm of 200 total. Um, but we were in the middle of this very large park in Chicago called Lincoln park, which I believe is the largest park in Chicago. It's extremely large and like long and stretched out and a pretty good running area. Um, so other races were happening too. So we were sort of in the middle of a 10K. I got there and I saw these other people running around and I was like, well, this is gonna be confusing. But at the starting line, we were by ourselves. So at the starting line, uh, they said, just be aware the course is a little bit short um, and you know, good luck. Now to me, a little bit short is like, it's not 3.1 miles, it's like 3.05. That'd be a big deal. That'd be like, your race doesn't qualify for an actual time for yeah. anything serious, right? Yeah. Um, However, uh, you know, I run the race. And there's arrows in all these directions of like 5K go here, 10K go here, and people pointing you in directions. And the whole time I'm like watching on my Apple Watch how far I've gone. And there's this guy in front of me near the, I don't know, 2.5 mile marker. And he's quite a bit older than me. And I was like, meh, that's so frustrating. Like, I don't think I could pass him. I, I started too <laughs> fast and that guy's going to beat me and it's annoying. Mm. Um, and then I hit this turn and this woman like points me in a direction and it's right at the finish line. And I was like, no, no, I, I'm for the 5K. And she's like, yeah, there. And I was like, what? It's it's 2.55 miles. And she was like, the finish line. <laughs> so then, then this guy beat me, of course. But I finished and I was just a little bit puzzled. And uh, lo and behold, later on, now tell, it seems like I'm telling the story as a brag, which was the original intention, but there were only, only 200 people. So I got third overall and I could have passed this guy who was in second <laughs> if I had known the race was only 2.5 miles out of three. So yeah, yeah. I was kind of frustrated about that, but that was my running experience this summer. And it's probably the only time ever I'll get a medal in anything. And I didn't even run that fast. It's just nobody was there. And mm -hmm. also my official time online, it's registered like the denominator is still 3.1 miles. So it has my total time divided by 3.1 miles and it looks like I ran incredibly right, fast. Incredible like, race. wow, serious runner, but no. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, 2.5 or 2.6 miles. That's, you know, Hugely that's not short. a little short. That's yeah. <laughs> it's a different race. Yes, yeah. So that is. was really strange, but that well, was my run, one running experience recently. Congratulations. I can't Thanks. believe I'm talking to a third place. I know. Feel feel free to just tell. <laughs> everyone I need to you know, know what the what name of the five k was so that I can refer to you by your proper title. <laughs> <laughs> well, the greatest thing about it was I like stuck around. I was with a friend of mine, and we like stuck around. Uh, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, let's stay till the medals because I might have placed in my age group or something. And then they started with the overall winners. They just said like third place and then my name. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then it turned out there were no participation medals at all. So if I had not, I would not have gotten a medal. So it was, mm. it was great. I was like, whoo, that's right. All of you, none of you get medals, just me. <laughs> How come I can't, I, you, this hardware should be on display in your office. <laughs> it's been hidden in shame. It's not a real 5k on my 4k, my 4k hardware. Oh. 4K well, monitors and 4K uh, runs. I like that. But where I started that was, I think uh, the only thing I'm going to be able to do for the month after my surgery is run. Uh, so I might as well get really into running and sign yeah. up for a half marathon or something for the spring, which I think is going to be my fitness goals. I mean, I, I had a 
assumed there would be some downtime, some recovery time, but I didn't realize it was a month and that there were like lifting restrictions for the surgery. But I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I guess if you if you get a laparoscopic one, it's pretty uh, we talked about <laughs> laparoscopy before. <laughs> it's pretty non-invasive, so it's not too bad. You're actually like out of the hospital same day. The whole thing takes like two hours in the hospital and the surgery, I think, is 15 minutes. Um, so I'm fortunate it's that because I can't imagine what it would be if it were more intense one i would not want to be like out for four months yeah i'm just thankful i'm not performing the surgery i believe me greg i too am thankful <laughs> you're not performing surgery i've heard enough about your track record yeah not very good to suffice <laughs> that's all i have to say uh, okay well that wasn't really follow-up exactly but we'll call it follow-up it's good enough we, do you want to do one of your topics uh, uh, no, not neither mine. <laughs> Great, I really look forward to those. They sound super interesting. <laughs> I we have a we have an enticing episode ahead of us. For all Even these. the people talking aren't that interested. <laughs> Great. Okay, well, I'll, I'll I'll take the the lead story and run with it. So I did get an iPhone 13. Ooh. I've had it. It's uh right over here, and it's got a a nice uh weird bluish color that's the i forget what they call this it actually i can see what it looks like to you and it looks very blue but like in person i don't know if you've seen it it's basically like a gray mm. a gray with a blue tint yeah um, it, but it looks washed it will looks washed out online yeah it does it's not the best uh honestly as a color i know people are pretty into it it's fine i i kind of regret not getting the darkest one but i felt like the darkest one was a, a real risk because it looked a lot different than last year's mm. um but I do carry a caseless, and I'm living life on the edge. It's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful item. The, yeah. The flat edges, and it's just it's very heavy. Actually, it's very it heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I haven't held a 13, but I held a 12, and I don't think there's too much weight difference there. And I noticed when I picked up the Pro 12 uh, in the Apple Store that it has a quite a bit more heft to it. It's a weightier phone. Yeah, and this year I think is even heavier than the 12. Yeah. Yeah, but the battery lasts absolutely forever. I, again, just forgot to charge it last night, and then I went for a run before this, uh, so the GPS was on, and it was, yeah, it was still 20%. So it is it is really nice to have a new phone, but also the batteries are getting really, really good tests, so it seems like it really is just a better better battery setup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so far, I mean, I look forward to having an excuse to use the camera. Um, I was in Miami recently, but that was with my old phone. It was right before I got this. So I've not really had any situations where i want to take a bunch of pictures tried it out a couple times i was a friend of mine has a boat and we did go out on lake michigan recently so i took some pictures of chicago from lake michigan and that was cool the video in particular i thought was noticeable but it's hard because i was coming from a tennis max so i i was three generations behind so Mm -hmm. it was very clear how different everything was um which is kind of nice it feels like the differences are bigger but even then it's like ultimately this is an incremental upgrade despite it being three generations yes yeah uh so you went with the max correct yes i uh i'm definitely all about the max yeah yeah interesting but uh to your point about the uh diminishing marginal returns yeah uh, they've gotten quite small with each new iteration of the iphone um so i feel like we've i guess near perfection i don't i mean they're gonna i don't understand and i and this has been in the uh you know the tech space uh like new spaces where do phones go from here like i don't yeah no one can really see how 
they can get any better. I don't see any breakthroughs. I mean, it's outside just of the battery camera stuff, right? Yeah, yeah it's camera, camera battery. Yeah, and they do the screens as well, but the screens are even are like incredible, and I don't really know how yeah. they can get much better. You know, I will say though, I was a huge skeptic of this, but the O or not the OLED, the um, they Pro call Max. it promotion, but the oh, 120 yeah. hertz actually the moment i used the phone i was like this is different and i'm not even sure it's better i was just like this is not the same especially when you press on an app on the home screen and it expands to fill a screen it is amazing how different that looks like it is so clear and then i went back to using my old phone i was like something's different um it's very very clear and i thought that i would never be able to notice because my ipad has promotion i don't think it's ever occurred to me um but maybe now i'll start seeing that that's really quite different Mm. but yeah i don't know that that's an improvement it's just nice um or it's different i guess it seems nice it should be nice (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah other than that i don't know it's it's been trusty uh thus far i like how it looks i i very much like how it feels although i will say people talk about the flat edges being easier to grip and that hasn't been my experience at all i find them more difficult to grip actually yeah yeah i wasn't sure and still i'm not sure how i feel about the flat edges uh, I have an 11, and I'm sticking with 11 for at least another generation. Yeah. And we'll probably do the the 14th uh, iPhone 14. But I'm already starting to think, do I really need a Pro variant of the phone? Yeah. It's just not all that different. If you're not that into taking pictures, then yep. there's you don't you don't really get as all that much value out of well, it. Well, and you tend to get as good a camera as the last generation's pro so it, it's just about how big the pro bump was right yeah. right yeah i think so there apparently have been some rumors that next year um there will be a max peasant phone so you'll actually be able to get the full size without buying the pro and that would significantly change my calculus because i i just uh, whatever it takes to get the largest phone right uh, so i maybe i will i will jump on that bandwagon if that happens mm. now you bring up an interesting point and something I wanted to to bring up when we talked about the iPhone is that uh, the iPhone offering has really expanded in the last five years or so. And they pretty much covered at this point, like every price point on the spectrum. Uh, and it's, so it's really interesting that. Are you the, including what the SE? Yes. Like every okay. iPhone, anything iPhone. So from the base, the the lowest model iPhone all the way through the Pro, there's like incremental price points every fifty hundred dollars or so, I think. Um, and it's a uh, really interesting direction that Apple has taken it, because from from what I remember and recall, um, is that under Steve Jobs. Uh, Apple really like to keep their product lines lean yeah, and mm. not have many different models uh, within a product. Whereas today it's the opposite of that. There's, there's a, there's a price point for anybody. They really want to invite any, anyone who's looking for a smartphone uh, into the Apple ecosystem, into the iPhone ecosystem. Yeah. Well, I think originally, so there's like a story about how Jobs um, originally, when he took over again in the late 90s, he divided the Apple product suite into a grid that was uh, on the left axis or on one of the axes, it was um, professional versus personal. And on the other axis, it was laptop versus desktop. 
And he was like, what we have is a personal desktop, which was the iMac. And I forget what the other one was. It doesn't really matter, but he wanted them to fill in those four boxes and that was it. But I, I really feel like they haven't gone too much farther than that. Like it's still so much simpler than an Android offering, oh, from yeah. what I understand. Uh, but it is a little confusing where it's like, I do think there are probably people who are torn between the iPhone Pro and the iPhone itself, mm-hmm. you know, the ones that are the same size. Because I think size is a really clear determining factor. Um, and the, the price is quite different for just a camera upgrade at that point. Like there, I do think it would be hard to make a decision. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I think at the upper tiers of the product offering, it is a little bit more confusing or difficult to determine what's the right phone for me. Um, but when it comes to, and, and I do, I also agree with the uh, comparison to the Android ecosystem. There are, there are Android phones at every price yeah. point, like free, basically. That's my <laughs> understanding, right? Like all the way from free to $1,000, over $1,000. Uh, but Apple has made a conscious decision that they don't want to l- allow the lower priced market to just go un unmatched yeah. or un, not compete even in that in that segment and instead of said let's just build up over time these different models and sizes of iphones and our previous as the uh we will you know recycle this previous generation into a lower tier iphone and fill out the the bottom half of our product offering and over time they've done so like it's to me it's like a really robust offering to the point where I like would that you no longer have to caveat and say like, well, if you don't want to spend a whole bunch of money, you got to buy not, you had to buy an Android. That's true. Yeah, that is true. I think aren't the, don't the SE still have like a button? Like they still have huge bezels and a button. Yeah. Yeah. I would struggle. I would struggle. Well, they're not for you, Ethan. (laughs) No, but I would struggle to, I do. Oh man. I like, I have excused myself from giving recommendations to some of my non-techie friends for certain things when they're like, I'm buying a monitor. What should I buy? And I'm like, this will become a deep rift in our friendship. You should not allow this to come between us. <laughs> if you if you buy a non-4K monitor and tell me about it, I might actually just never talk to you again. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, I'm not a snobby. I'm not a snobby when it comes to the tech. I understand there are different, people have different needs. And they aren't, and not everybody. You know what I'll say is gratifying though, Greg? I have a very good friend who uh, four years ago asked me for advice on buying a laptop. And I said, sure, get the small one, get the Air, but don't get 256 gigs of storage. You'll regret (laughs) this. You'll tell me, I regret this. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, she's told me, I regret this. Yes. But she did get the 256 Mm -hmm. gigs. (laughs) Yes. That is one area for sure we both agree. You should (laughs) definitely upgrade memory. And if you're looking at an Apple product, you definitely need to upgrade the memory. Yeah. It's just, you gotta, you gotta upgrade the hard drive because, uh, or the storage because you're gonna. You gotta learn the hard way though. They do. I've learned it myself. I've I've learned it myself as well. I also (laughs) had a 256 gig computer, which is next to me and just doesn't get any use because of that. Yes. It's very sad. Uh, speaking of which, where is our next Apple event with the MacBooks? Right. Ah. Yeah, I see that on here, and I I don't know. I don't know. They haven't said they haven't said anything. So well, so there were some reasons to, to believe. Oh uh, well, I, yeah, maybe. I, I guess it's possible, but I think I think it's very likely we have one based on all the rumors. But I think it was quite likely it was going to be next Tuesday because there was some. What was it? 
Apple changed their promotion schedule in Britain in a way that it was going to change next Wednesday, the day after it would be the event. And people were pretty sure that, or not pretty sure, but it seemed likely. But then we didn't get an invite today. So it's like, no, it's always a week, right? So I guess it's not going to be next Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, not. Maybe which is tough. the following Tuesday. I don't know. Yes. I, know. I was very much excited to order a new MacBook and be able to play with it right as I was like bed bound after my <laughs> surgery, but it doesn't look good for that. No. Do you th- what are the rumors around the M series chip? Is there going to be an M2 debut? Oh, for what'll be in this? Mm-hmm. I think I think Mark Gurman, the one of the two main leaks guys thinks it'll be called the M1X. Okay. And then M2 will be... Because that will be an easier number scheme. Not that Apple has ever been committed to reasonable number schemes, but <laughs> easier number scheme because it'll be year on year. Like in January, they'll have the M2, which will be exactly a year since the M1. You know, like when mm. the first... Uh, was it January? Whenever they announced the first M1s, they think that's when the M2s will come out. Okay. But I think the event is supposed to be... The M1X stuff is supposed to be definitely the MacBooks, probably a new Mac Mini, and possibly a bigger iMac. You're right. That's the one that we didn't get this summer, right? Was the larger iMac. Yeah. Well, a point that's been made that I didn't notice initially is just that, and I think we may have talked about this on this podcast, is that all of the computers made so far have the same internals, essentially. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Except the Mac Mini has marginally different ones because it can support two monitors, but it's the only one. Right. Which still irks me. Yeah, I know. I know you do not like that. It bothers me. That it's a bit a bit of an issue for me too, uh, because as I said last time, I can't run two monitors through a single Thunderbolt port, which right. I should be able to do. Yes, so I don't know. We'll see when when the new ones come out, but that'll be kind of nice because I think I'll relegate my Mac Mini. Well, I haven't decided yet. I have to think about that. That'll be fun. I'll get a new <laughs> desk layout problem. That I could have done follow up on my desk layout, but really nothing has changed. It's just glorious. I just sit down here or stand up here, and I'm like, wow, what a place to be. <laughs> yes. I'm glad that you're enjoying it. It is such yeah. a, it's so much better to have so a proper desk. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm already starting to think about what I'm going to do for moving next year and uh, moving this desk. Oh, man. Huge <laughs> problem. A disaster. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to take it apart. At least oh, yeah. that's what it takes for me to. And it's it's not fun, but it's worth it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who I could get to help me carry this. Even movers, I think, would struggle with this desk. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, anyway, we digress. No Apple event, but I do have the 13, and it's pretty nice. Cool. That's great. All right. Tell me tell me about Downton Abbey. Oh, there's so much to tell. There's so much to tell. <laughs> so much to <laughs> Yes. So, so the tea, Greg. <laughs> oh, um, have, you, have you heard of... I mean, I'm assuming you've yes. heard of it. Have you seen it? No. Okay. Well, it's available on Netflix, so if you're looking for something to binge, it's a, it's there. And I don't know, we stumbled into Downton Abbey, and uh, uh, we were looking for, I don't know, just something new to get into, and we had not, um, not watched it. So, where should I begin? Well, it's a, um, it's a PBS Masterpiece series, which I'm not sure you're, if you're familiar with. Well, I thought I am somewhat familiar, but I thought a lot of those were rebroadcast from the BBC. That's my understanding, they? yes, and I believe Downton is too. Um, but that's how it was in that was how it was introduced to America was through this masterpiece series, and so um, 
the premise is that you follow the the lives and the stories of a British aristocrat family in the very early 20th century. So like the late from the late 18 uh, 19th century into the early 20th century. I don't think you ever actually are in the 19th century, but events and people and like some of the issues that they're dealing with have mm, okay. started in that century. And uh at first I didn't know how I felt about it because it is about these arista aristocrats and about they live right in like luxury and I thought it was just going to be like uh, about like love stories and I don't yeah. know, just uninteresting things, but it hasn't been like that at all, really. I mean, there's been really? bits of that, but it's been a lot more interesting than I expected. And there's a lot more that you can uh, enjoy about the historical nature of the show, which is what um, has really gotten in, gotten me into it because they go through World War One oh, um, cool. and other major world events of the time. And so it's just been a lot of fun to watch. I highly recommend it if you haven't checked it out yet. Yeah, yeah. It's really first person to say that. I have some other friends who are not the kind of people I would expect to be into, like a, you know, a, a soap opera, yes, old time show. Mm -hmm. But people really like it, so it must be good. And it helps too because the production quality is really, really good. It's top notch, uh, and that's sort of why I mentioned at the start is that it comes through this masterpiece series, and so it has a reputation that Downton definitely holds up to of being very high quality, high production television. I mean, and each episode is an hour plus. So you're watching like more or less, you're watching like many movies yeah. every episode for 10 episodes for like six or seven seasons. Ooh, so it's, a it's a significant, right, exactly. It's a significant, um, like in terms of length and content, how, like all the stories that occur, it's a lot. Like we're, only halfway through and we and i'm like man i can't even imagine where the story's gonna go next because so much stuff has already happened wow well, that does sound good yeah it's interesting really so okay so halfway through of the six or seven seasons you mm -hmm, said mm -hmm. okay so wow that's a significant time commitment though so far yeah well i don't mess around ethan <laughs> <laughs> if i'm binging we're binging <laughs> oh that's funny so oh, yeah. on my side of of tv watching i i just thought of this um I'm only on episode two. Well, I've just finished the first two episodes of Survivor, season twenty-seven. Yes, and I am. I got a little bit into Survivor last year, and I'm I'm now back. And man, I forgot how fun it is. So it's twenty-seven, season twenty-seven. Is that the one that was just on television, or is this a? No, this is much older. Season okay. forty-one is airing right now. I okay, because so year. we we watched a season of survivor on netflix recent like a few months back if that's the one that's 27 i don't know i'm not a long time survivor fan that was the yeah, first season i ever watched okay so who uh, well i don't, I don't want to just spoil yes it. just mention some prominent characters from your season oh goodness um Can you remember or what was the theme what were the tribes i can't remember well the uh, one we watched was like a uh we watched we watched two i think and the one had like heroes and villains. So they were okay, people who yeah. came from previous seasons and had either were like bad actors or good actors. Yeah. So that was one of the seasons. And then the other one I think was all new people. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I didn't remember. know they did all new people ones. Yeah. So I've seen the ones I've seen in their entirety are, I think it's 25 and that's often ranked as like one of the best. 
Uh, and that's there's three tribes. There's brains, brawn, and beauty. And I think we watched this one. Yeah, really. I think, okay. Yeah, unless they use that theme a lot, they may. They, they may use it a few do, times. Yeah. I'm not sure. But that one has like. Um, Spencer, the yes. kind of nerdy yes. guy from yep. New Chicago. Yep, yeah. we watched we okay. watched that one. Yeah, okay, that was a yeah, good that's season. often one of the top ones. Everybody knows that one, so that's really good. Twenty seven is Blood versus Water, and the idea is they they bring on uh, how many people are in Survivor? Like thirty total to start, something yeah. like that, and fifteen of them are past players. And the other 15 are composed of plus ones. Mm-hmm. They're not all like spouses or, or like significant others, but some are like people bring their kid or their uncle, you know, but everybody comes on with somebody they're like related to in some way. And then the tribes are split into all the past players and all the plus ones. That's the initial tribe split. Okay. So everybody has like a connection to somebody that they're not actually on the show with at the beginning. So first two episodes in, I just forgot how much I really enjoy the show. Very, very fun. So yeah. I, I, I will probably end up binging that. It's definitely myself. better than I ever gave it credit I for. I know. I thought it would be so dumb. I thought it was going to. It, so it is. <laughs> it is, but it hooks you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even really think it's dumb. I think what's what makes it feel dumb is that what makes the show easy to watch is that they edit it to find the dumbest moments by exactly. everybody. Like exactly. everybody's starving and cold on the island and eventually they slip up and say something stupid or mean and they, they televise all of that. Yes. <laughs> so the characters look really dumb. Right. I break it down like this. Like a third of the episode is going to be them performing the competitions, which are entertaining. And then a third of the episode is like what you described where something dumb happens somebody does something dumb or somebody says in season 25 dumb. for example the one girl throws the rice in the fire yeah it's probably the yes. most prominent example mm-hmm. yeah. um or perhaps it's something else like i don't know somebody's trying to sneak around or do something whatever and then a third of it is people recounting the other two-thirds of the show back yes. to you in case you <laughs> <Yeah>. missed it <laughs> but in like really catty ways yes so oh, man. it's it's a uh I don't know. It's it's better than I thought it would be. And so, yeah, it's I it's find good. the challenges are probably my least favorite part. But the really because they're they're almost like the backbone of the show in that they carry the plot. You like need the challenges in order for things to progress. But I don't think they're entertaining in and of themselves. But they are entertaining if you use them as an opportunity to just watch the host talk the whole time because he's like yes. standing right next to them and he's like oh no katie drops the ball yeah. oh how will her team serve <laughs> how will her team how recover they, yeah. they must be so disappointed in her <laughs> oh many hopes dashed and, and katie's like four inches away and she's like shut up <laughs> yeah you know you're totally right about that just narrating their misfortune yeah so, so funny or oftentimes in one of the seasons we watched um I think it was the heroes versus villains one uh there was this one team i guess it was the hero side where they had like two really large athletic men and based on the way that the competitions were laid out and the way that it kept happening they just like dominated absolutely the other team like they never even stood a chance oh and yeah. it was just hilarious just to watch it and be like just <laughs> Just be like, they're going to get smashed. And then it would just happen, like, mer- mercilessly. Like, I don't know. They'd be, like, playing almost like a rugby-like game. And this one guy's like, looks like a football player. And the other yeah. everyone else is just normal people. So it's like, this doesn't <laughs> even, why didn't the producers consider <laughs> this fact? Yeah. And, it's, and they get vicious sometimes, yes. too. They're so funny. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes so yeah. much so where I'm like, 
it makes me wonder like what's going through these people's head like nothing is worth this much like that's what i always think how are people so dedicated to this i agree the the showrunners seem to do a pretty good job of making sure nobody's ever in actual danger there was one in fact i think it's in season 25 where uh the one woman is like struggling to swim and they like send a team in after her really fast um but it's like sometimes people are like you know, they're playing these sports-like challenges and they're just like all yes. over each other. It's who, I don't know. I know, about, I totally I don't agree. understand. Yes, I'm like, I would not, I'm not a young man anymore. I'm not gonna like, <laughs> risk serious injury for a silly TV show. But Well, speaking of that, many of them are like in their 50s. Some of the winners are in their 50s. It's yes, pretty impressive. They are old. Um, but yeah, Survivor's yeah. A, a guilty pleasure for sure. <laughs> I hope someday to be able to say that I've watched them all. That's a dream of If mine. you go back and watch the earliest seasons, which we started to after we watched a much later one, there it's a different show. Yep. It almost does season one, but not not the others, yeah. Yeah, it's almost like almost unrecognizable. Well, the the one thing that I always mention about the early seasons that I saw was they haven't yet learned how yes. not to put the host next to people. He's always next to people and he looks really short. It's so funny. And later on in the show, they don't do that. They always like shoot him alone or at weird mm-hmm. angles so he looks tall. But in the first season, you see him next to all the people and you're like, oh, Jeff is really short. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. That's not what I thought you were going to say at first. I thought you were going to say they hadn't yet really learned the game of Survivor is to not actually oh, do yeah. anything at camp. Yeah. Like you should do literally nothing and expect yeah. all your teammates to do everything for you. That's the optimal yeah. strategy. Because, There's so many things like that. Yeah. Right. And season one, people are like this and it will probably was too. They maybe got less support. They're like, we got to build the shelter like more in a more serious manner. And it looks like much harder labor and people are like wearing themselves out and then they have to go and compete in these challenges. Yeah. And in the, I don't know, probably a couple seasons in people are like, this is for, the only the dummies yeah. expend all their energy at camp. I'm just going to sleep under a tree and <laughs> save all my energy for the competitions. That happens in 27. It's like really noticeable because they have the the Redemption Island shtick. Yeah, are you familiar mm-hmm. with that? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so for anybody who isn't, when people get voted off, they go to this separate area on the island and they have a chance to get back on the show. But they live over there separately in their own tribe. And it starts out with just two people. And they spend a bunch of time in the first episode on those two living by themselves. And this woman is like doing all kinds of work and making the camp and going fishing. And then they cut to her and she's like, I can't believe so-and-so is not helping. It's so annoying. Like, how are we going to get any food? How are we going to get any shelter? And then they cut to him and he's like, I don't know why she wants to do everything, but sure. Because we're going to have to compete just she and me. Yeah. (laughs) So it sounds great to me. (laughs) She can do all the work. Exactly. Exactly. Makes no sense. Oh, yeah, that was, I was like, well, yeah, you know, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Oh, well, good I'm sure TV I'll, update. I'll have some more updates on those, but I look forward to hearing about you finishing down Abby too. Oh, yeah, I probably will be done by the next time we talk. <laughs> <laughs> I can only hope. Um, I will mention here, since I saw it was, like, pretty popular, have you heard about Squid Game? Uh, so I heard about it on Sunday. Uh, I asked one of my friends who plays Frisbee with me, where her boyfriend was who usually comes and she was like he had to stay and watch squid game and i was Mm. like what is squid game (laughs) i thought it was like i was picturing like spongebob (laughs) yeah yeah i could for i can understand the confusion like it's a bit of a a strange name to americans um i came across it on netflix and we we gave it a watch it's good i'd say check it out if you haven't seen it yet isn't it like a dark it's very dark uh, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't sound appealing to me one bit from the little bit that I've read. What's the pitch? Why is it good? 
it's an interesting story in drama. And oh, so it is a drama. There's like a, a storyline. I didn't even get the sense that there was a storyline. There's a storyline. Yeah, there's okay. a storyline. So it's certainly different, a different kind of show. Um, and I am no expert, but it is from Korea. And so it seems that they've, I've seen Parasite and I've seen Squid Game. And those are the only pieces of Korean media I've consumed. Yeah. So basically, I'm an expert. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but and they're very dark. Yes, and they're them. both dark. So from re- seeing those two things, if there's any, if you can draw any trend out of that, that it seems like there's a distinct style to the media, and um, both of those like try to depict and shed light on issues within Korean society, but they do so in some ways that are a little bit uh, shocking or yeah. like leave you flabbergasted. It's kind of like the word I keep circling to in my head where you're just kind of like, what? What just happened? Yeah. It's like hard to even wrap your head around it. So it's like a mix of like, you know, dark, kind of shocking um, events or or situations while also having this theme underneath of like some you know shedding light on some issue in korean society Hmm. so and i think that it's not just korean society like it's all societies in some way shape or form but just focus in this context and narrative on korea specifically so have you finished the whole thing yeah we've finished it how many episodes uh 10 i think and i think they're shorter like 30 minutes 40 minutes something like that i have to i have to carefully curate my list of things to watch on netflix for the day that i finally resubscribe to netflix oh oh i didn't realize it's been been quite a long time now you have two you have two you have squid game you have downton i think i have more than that (laughs) (laughs) it's been kind of nice though it's like you know it's almost like um it's almost like if you couldn't access YouTube, mm-hmm. then whenever somebody sent you a good YouTube video, you'd be like, I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> you don't need to like make up an excuse. You don't need to watch the video and tell them later that you liked it. You're just like, I'm sorry, YouTube is not available in my country. <laughs> but it's like, Netflix is not available in my household. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. Well, if you ever do go... It makes my decision making easier sometimes. Mm. We need to resubscribe to Apple TV. That's like the, yeah. the thing we need to do because Ted Lasso's... Uh, available now just about over yeah. yeah i i'm what i think there's one or two i think there's one episode left and i'm all caught up so i'm looking forward to this friday mm-hmm. so we'll have to we'll have to resubscribe there and then there'll be at least a few shows on yeah i know some other people watch mythic quest now so that's a, another one i would endorse yeah, that's one that i was gonna check out too yeah so and i got I'm pretty, pretty bu- yeah. I'm pretty busy ethan i got I a lot hear of that. <laughs> I can hear that Greg. That's what you'll be doing that whole uh, that whole time you have off around the holidays. Yes, I will be binging. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, so on the entertainment side, and speaking of YouTube, actually, um, well, let me let me lead into this, and I'll explain how it connects to YouTube in a minute. So, I mentioned last time I was playing some Hollow Knight, but I got very into Hollow Knight afterward after we last podcasted because I use it for editing podcasts mostly. And then I haven't played it again for a bit now. 
but really liked it. And there's something really satisfying. You've talked in the past about how you like games that are hard, partly because they're hard. And that is not usually my style, but I finally have like hit a couple points in Hollow Knight where it's like I just go and grind the same battle over and over and mm-hmm. over and start to see all these like patterns and know how to react to things. And it's really satisfying. So I've had a very good time with that. And I'm starting to get a better feel for like the movement and stuff. I just, I have enjoyed the sense of like gaining skill at this totally random thing. Right, um, right. I have to ask, nice. I have to interrupt here. Oh yeah, sorry. So yeah. like when you go into that battle, right? Don't, mm-hmm. do you feel like the intensity ratchet up? Like does your heartbeat pick up a little bit? Do you get like a little oh, nervous? Oh, definitely, As yes. you're like working. I try to do that less though. I feel like it usually yes. happens so much. That's partly why I'm so bad at video games because I freak <laughs> out the battles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's getting better because it's like do the same battle over. It starts to just yes. get routine and then you can be more mechanical. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, that was the part when I would play Dark Souls or a Hollow Knight type game that I really loved. Like it was just an adrenaline rush in a way where it's yeah. like you can't, I haven't felt this way about a video game since I was a little kid. Like most games can't elicit this level of. Yeah. The tension. Tension. Yeah, I do know. I do know what you mean there. Yeah, yeah. It is really nice. Yeah. And, but it's also kind of nice that like, what's the worst that can happen. It's kind of a <laughs> weird situation where you're like, I'm just going to go do this again. And right. It, but I think I used to get so frustrated by it where it was like, I don't want to do this again. I'm so tired of this. Like it feels like a chore. And now I'm kind of enjoying the repetition mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, but I'm like every time getting a little better, getting yes. a little better, getting a little better. And so that's pretty nice. The, the, the one uh, positive I will give, this is just an aside here with Hollow Knight is if I remember correctly, you can't tell how much health a boss or so, yeah. whoever you're fighting has left. Unless you're counting the number of hits, you don't know. Correct. While in, in Dark Souls, it does show you at the bottom of the screen exactly how much oh. health is left. And I I understand what you're saying with your, like, you just, you give in to the grind. And you're yeah. just like, you just give up to it and you succumb to the grind and you're just like, this is what it is. Except when I've had instances where I've been grinding on a boss and I'm about to win. Yeah. And I can, like, see it and then I die. And I'm like... Yep. Oh man, that is the worst. Yes, I yeah. want to throw I haven't my had controller. I've had in other things. Yeah, <laughs> you're, yeah, you're like, I can't believe it took so much time to get here, and this also took some luck. So yes. how long will it take to come back? Yeah, <laughs> and then you go back for your like, like, fine, I'll try again. Like I almost had him. I'm gonna go, and then you just like die, die right away. You're like, yeah, oh, forget it. Yeah, that's so. There are some things in Hollow Knight where it's like there's stages of bosses. Like they attack a certain way for the first stage, and then a different way for the next. Um, so you can kind of tell how close you are, although you never know if it's like close to the end. Like, you never know what the last right. stage is until you get there. In that makes sense, yeah. Um, but I will say there's something equally fun about having no idea how close it is and, like, eking it out. Yes. Because I had that where it's, like, I was down to one health bar and I was just, like, frantically <laughs> jumping around. And I was, like, just don't get hit, don't get hit. And, like, do any little thing you can. And then I landed a blow and it was over. And I was, like, yes. 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 That's now I get it. this forever. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so I've been playing a lot of that, but um, was so you said you've played that. How far did you say you got? Do you remember? We can't. Last time we talked, we couldn't. I couldn't quite remember, and I didn't oh, look it okay. up. So now I, got, I like know all the world areas. So it's like Fog Canyon, the Mushroom area. I've been to the Mushroom area. Okay, the Mantis area. That was the really hard boss fight that I worked on forever. The Mantises. What's the Mantis? What is he? Look like, what does he do? They just look like mantises. The whole area is filled with like praying mantises. That, They're very distinctive. That sounds familiar, but I might be, I might be wrong about that. I'm not okay. sure. 
there's that and then there's the there's the royal waterways mm-hmm. and the city of tears the city of tears like the rain is coming down I fi- the background. that's where i was the city okay. of tears that's the area i need to work on now i got lost there and i'm pretty sure yeah, i did it very complicated i didn't i don't think i fully explored a previous area like i buy i accidentally skipped through uh, or something because i'm at the city of tears and i'm like i don't yeah. know what to do and that's when the metroidvanias get me Yep. When I'm like, I, I confess, I cheat a bit. Yes. I like try not to do walkthroughs or like anything too much, but it's like, oh, where is the map maker? I'm so tired <laughs> of not having a map. I gotta yeah. find the map guy. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. I think a little cheating is is okay. It makes it less head banging, but it's kind of nice because the boss fights can't be cheated. You're just like, you just gotta, gotta do it. Yep. That's true. So yeah, I've been doing a lot of that, and that led me to uh, I, a huge YouTube rabbit hole on Hollow Knight. Never did I think I'd be the guy watching YouTube videos of people playing video games. But Welcome. That's started. Welcome, yeah. Ethan. <laughs> yeah. No, here I am. Uh, and then I watched someone people playing, and there's like one speedrunner, and he alluded a couple times to a different guy who makes Hollow Knight videos, but about the lore of Hollow Knight. Mm-hmm. And then I lost, I mean minimum seven hours probably more like 10 (laughs) listening to the lore of hollow knight explained so now i'm an expert historian on a fictional world made by a couple australian guys nice yeah you could say my time's been very recently (laughs) yeah yeah you could say that (laughs) (laughs) i know way too much about it i did this exact uh, same uh, thing with dark souls it was literally identical i found (laughs) speedrunners i found youtube channels who explain all the mythology (laughs) and all the world and everything it's exactly the same thing. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I was like, I went so far down. And then I like ran out of videos by this guy who makes the holiday videos. His name's Mossbag. He like makes all these videos about like the history of Hollow Knight and like what will be in the next game, do we think? Like how do all these things connect? And then there's one called the real life bugs of Hollow Knight where he goes and he tries to figure out what every bug in Hollow Knight is modeled after as a real life bug. Oh, that's good. That's funny. Uh, and i learned a lot it's funny because i like at first i did it because it was just on my mind that i've been doing it as a joke with some of my friends i like talk about it so much i'm like did you know this about hollow knight but then like actual questions about bugs have come up recently and i've been like no actually like centipedes and millipedes are different one has two pairs of legs per body segment (laughs) i was like i know that from my hollow knight video the actual bugs of hollow knight of course of course that's where you learn that piece of critical information Oh uh, yeah, so gaining a lot of knowledge from YouTube. No, that's awesome. No, it's I think it's fun, you know, to indulge in a silly thing. Yeah. You know it's silly and but it's fun and you just enjoy it and it's fun when you find these like online communities that are so into so as much into the game as you are or even yeah. in a lot of cases way more than you. Way more. <laughs> way Hopefully. More. I mean, yes. if I'm ever that into it, it's bad. Yes, I understand what you mean. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But it, I, I mean, these things have given me a lot more appreciation for video games in general. Like, not all of them. I think everybody gets to like video games and stuff, but the craft of Hollow Knight in particular has really captured my attention because, like, the art is really, really good. good. The music is really good. It's the vibe much. is really good. They just, like, nail a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And the, the way they, does, like, obviously, it's not realistic looking i mean it's all cartoons but it's like really well drawn and careful and it still evokes emotion it which does. is pretty impressive it does uh, it has a whole backstory so i i've come to very much appreciate yes. that kind of stuff the one thing the one piece that i remember uh, many things are excellent all of it's excellent it's just an excellent piece of art really um but i remember the sound design 
and the music being so good for a yeah. game, a cartoon game like this. Like it's it's so much richer than you would ever expect on the yeah. surface of it. It's a really great game. Yeah, so uh, apparently the designers were asked why they chose Bugs, and they were like, we needed something we could draw really fast. <laughs> <laughs> because I guess they would prototype enemies in like five minutes, and they would have the entire artwork for an entire, for like the full enemy's gamut of like movements within an hour or something. That's incredible. That is incredible. It's all hand-drawn, right? They were a machine. I don't know. Um, I really don't know. That's incredible, but yeah. though. Hollow Knight's been fun, but somehow from there, what was recommended to me on YouTube, and I don't know how these things connect, is um, a lecture series by this guy named Brandon Sanderson. Have you ever heard of Brandon Sanderson? I don't know who that is. Okay, so um, have you heard of Wheel of Time? No. Okay, so neither had I except that one of my good friends is obsessed with it, but I would not have heard of it otherwise. So it is like a 14 book series, each one in the like 800 to 1000 page range, super long. Um, And it's epic fantasy, but it's modern epic fantasy. It's from like uh, early 2000s or 90s. Um, And it's a little bit like Game of Thrones where there was a pretty old author and near the end, he didn't think he would finish um, and he didn't end up finishing the series. There was a book left to be written. And his wife was in charge of choosing the next author. And she chose this other guy who was an existing fantasy writer whose name is Brandon Sanderson. The original author's name was Robert Jordan. So that's where I've heard of Brandon Sanderson. But it turns out he was just cranking out fantasy novels forever. Like he graduated in 2003 or something and basically wrote a book every year or two. And they're long. And he's like, he cranks out a lot of books. Um, And he teaches a class on writing science fiction and fantasy at BYU. And it's really interesting. It's really, really, really interesting. I'd say I've watched nine or 10 hours of his lectures at this point. Um, And it's totally, like, I don't really read fiction ever. It's made me decide I'm going to read a little bit of fiction. But the practical considerations around, like, how do you keep readers from getting bored at various points? And also the, the less practical, more, like, storytelling considerations around like how do you make how do you design a world that makes sense and like how do you make characters who change in meaningful ways throughout the story it's like oh that's really interesting especially because he's able to call back to star wars or um lord of the rings lord of the rings a lot of like how do these people develop or like how is the world set up in a way that actually is interesting and seems real what does it mean to seem real so I've just I've been super deep on this and it's been on my mind a lot and I I might actually start the wheel of time which I never thought I would say because it's a serious commitment but I'm really intrigued. Wow, interesting. So I'm I'm curious when it comes so his lecture series I've never wa- I've never taken a class like that a lecture series on yeah. on a on writing. So in it are you does he just discuss like themes, topics or are they like reading excerpts and then him just kind of breaking them it's down. just a lecture it's just a lecture okay yeah, he doesn't he doesn't assign any work as far as i can tell <laughs> i get the impression it's like the cool class at byu for anybody who's into this kind of reading it's very clear everybody has read his books like i hadn't heard of any of his books but in the class he's They've like all heard of them <laughs> yeah well he'll just be like so you know in the second book in the mistborn series blah 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 and everybody's like mm-hmm. of course and i'm like <laughs> With a, what? wait what yeah but he apparently is popular enough that people know all his stuff interesting well i have to check him out i'm i'm not sure i could i don't know how i would 
it's just such so far out of like my yeah and that's what i thought too yeah so far it's out not of what my i read at all right usually but like reading. i mean both of us have definitely been exposed to a bunch of stuff because he like refers even to harry potter it's right. like stuff that's in the zeitgeist um and it's it's just interesting to hear the reason things are done the way that they are he's and then he'll like allude to things that buck the trends and he's like if you're really good you can do it this way but you it's a lot harder to develop a meaningful character if they don't actually change in these ways mm-hmm. for example mm-hmm. you know what it reminds me of a bit this may not even be a fair comparison but it's the only thing i can draw on is the uh youtube channel the nerd writer that we both had stumbled upon oh yeah yeah where mm-hmm. he will it is break a, down a little bit like that yeah. yeah the one that i remember him it was like a community it was community the tv show community I can't remember who created that show, but they had Dan Harmon. Yeah. Um, I don't think they invented this or anything, but there's like a story structure for that format. And I remember watching a video and it stuck with me about how they talk, how they discuss how you're to write an AB storyline and often the tools, mechanics that community would lean on to make the story gel together and work. Um, yeah. So it sounds yeah. a little so bit that is like very that. similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, interesting. The structure around these things. I'll have to check that out. So, do you think that this, the creators of Hollow Knight, are familiar with Brandon? Oh, Sanders? I don't know how. I have no idea how connected these things are. There's no obvious signs that they are. Uh, I'm but, not even sure it falls into like the kind of thing that he discusses because he's talking about like why do you want to stick with characters and stuff. And in Hollow Knight, like you have like two characters who go in the same time period as you throughout the story at all. So it's not, I doubt it's really connected, but it is just, I don't know. I, I've been kind of indulging random interests in just like going down the rabbit hole on yeah. YouTube because it's just, it's fun. And it like keeps my brain on, which I like. I'll it's like to, eventually this will come in handy, even if it seems totally random. I'm going to have to check this out and I'll let you know what I think and what I learned. I would say, yeah, I would say if you are interested, watch some of one, but if it doesn't hook you early on, it's not going to change. So I would just give up at that point. Yeah. It's. It's just to see, like, is this a weird thing that you find fun? <laughs> That's all. This dude's obviously, like, really famous. Like, way more famous than I've... Yeah, that's kind of been my reaction too. I was like, I didn't know who this guy was, except that he's come up in discussions with my friend who's read the books. Yeah, but... yeah. And he's, like, got a lot of books, apparently. Like, he's got a lot yes, of books. Yes, he has a lot of books. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, apparently he just teaches the class because he took it when he was an undergrad. Like, I'm sure he is not making much money from that, and it's not like helping him sell books or anything. But he took the class, and it was very influential on him becoming a writer. So then he took over the class when the previous professor retired, mm. which is kind of cool. Interesting. Okay. Should we do anything else or call it a day? Uh, we can call it. We can call it. Yeah, we'll do a short one this week.